Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Hey friends, if you are looking for ad-free Sense of Soul episodes, you can find them at Sense of Soul Patreon. Become a monthly member at any level. You will also have access to our monthly SOS Sacred Circles, our mini-series, merch, and much more. And it's a great way to help support our podcast so that we can continue to bring you inspiring episodes twice a week with our enlightened guests from all around the world. Check out our Patreon. Today we have with us Julie Jansis. She is the angel medium and the host of one of the top spiritual podcasts, Angels and Awakening. Julie is a world-renowned angel expert who is on a mission to teach others how to connect with their angels and loved ones on the other side in order to make living heaven on earth. Not only is she an angel expert, but she is also the founder of Angel Reiki. She is one of the top coaches in Chicago, and today she's joining us to share with us how to deepen your connection with the other side. Welcome. Hello. Thanks so much for joining us. So does everyone (laughs) tell you that you have the sweetest voice ever? Oh, thank you. It's definitely unique, but uh, it works for me. Well, my college friends couldn't get over it because they're like, you singing rap songs, that's all I listen to. And they're like, this just doesn't go together. (laughs) And then I'm on the opposite. Like I have a little bit of cold every time I just got back from Florida. And so when I travel, I always get like from the humidity to dryness of Colorado, I always get a cold. So I'm the opposite. I always sound like a dude. No. (laughs) (laughs) And I still can't rap. No. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so, you know, I've been down this rabbit hole sometimes thinking that angels are aliens. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, actually, I'm not joking at all. But no, no, I I saw you also grew up Catholic as well. And I did too. So can't wait to hear about your story. Yeah. So I went to Catholic school early on until about the end of fifth grade. And It's interesting because the first that I can remember, well, do you know Wayne Dyer? He has this book that he did with a, I can't remember the female author's name, but it's all about kids who would talk about heaven and being on the other side when they were really, really young. And there were stories in my family that I've been told my entire life about how I would do that too. And the time checks out because my great aunt passed away. And I started talking about how I was in heaven before I came here. Throughout my childhood, though, that kind of didn't go away. And being in Catholic school only kind of enhanced it. Being around nuns, being in religious ed, just always like wanting to talk about that, dive into that. But sometimes when you're little, you don't understand that's unique to you that not everybody wants to do that. I just thought that that's how everybody was and how everybody operated. And knowing really young that I wanted to work for God, I remember them asking us when we were in third grade, you know, what is it that you want to do when you grow up? And it's like, work for God, you know, be a be a priest. And they're like, well, you can't be a priest because you're a woman. Okay, so uh, be a nun. Well, if you're a nun, you can't have a family. Ah, oh, geez. Well, then that's out because I knew I always wanted to have a family. So figuring out that other way to work for God Universe Source without having 
to fit into the constraints that religion places on what that looks like. You know what, kind of similar to me, I grew up, I went to Catholic school for a while and, and then I too grew up wanting to be a pastor. I know I can be a priest. We actually had someone on, Gracie Ray. She was also like receiving mediumship as a child in also a Catholic setting. And they thought that she was like miraculous, but when she never got rid of it, it was like, whoa, that's a little witchy. <laughs> well, I wasn't miraculous in my family. I was considered the weird one and <laughs> kind of the outcast. I think it was more so, though, in high school. So my parents divorced in eighth grade and my mom, we moved, started going to um this huge mega Christian church. And you could see the vast difference between Catholicism and and this big mega Christian church. And I remember knowing in high school that I was bisexual, but not wanting to show my truth or to speak my truth or to show my full identity because I knew that I was either going to be ostracized or shunned or um, tried to take that part away from me. And I didn't want that. And so I think that that's where me and religion in general kind of started to part ways. And I started to own my own power in just wanting to love all people and not some people with the judgment piece. And um, how did that feel like when you first came out? So what happened was in 2020, when George Floyd passed away, I went through an anti-racism course to kind of dismantle that within myself. And one of the very first things that my teacher Wee said is, okay, introduce yourself to the group, put your pronouns in there. Are you cisgender? Are you of the LGBT community? You know, put all of that in there label yourself. And I was like, Ooh, <laughs> okay. I'm going to have to take a little step back here because I haven't even come out, you know, to my husband or to my daughter or to anybody in my family. And so I had to get some support around that. I had to reach out to some friends, um, within the spiritual community who are from the LGBTQ plus community and actually had one of them on the show with me to come out so that I felt that support and I just didn't feel as alone. Did you come out to your family as well? Like to your parents and all that? Oh yeah. Beforehand. And then okay. it was really interesting. So before like the podcast episode aired and everything, and I came out to, um, you know, everybody in my family. And then it was really, really sweet because another little person, um, we'll just say under 18 came out as well. And I feel like had the courage to do that. And we kind of came out together, which was awesome. We have a listener who has reached out to me about the same thing that you're talking about. So I wonder how many people are going through that. And I know what the beginning of my journey, one of the things I discovered through like meditation was that souls really don't have genders. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's, it's this physical meat suit that actually gives us that. And we should be carrying both masculine and feminine anyways. And mm -hmm. so it's interesting. That was like right away, something that was at the beginning of my journey that I was like, oh yeah, duh, of course they don't. 
Yeah. Well, and God doesn't. So that's, I really changed the language and, you know, running a podcast, I'm sure you guys come across this too. You're growing and you're evolving all the time. So I think there's over 400 episodes and I kind of cringe at the earlier episodes. Some of them are really good, but I completely changed the language that I was using. I don't say father God or he to refer to God anymore. I say they, them in my book as well because and i think it's a natural thing to come across when you are part of the lgbtq plus community when you think to yourselves about what is spoken in religious ed and in church we just had it here in the suburbs of chicagoland where (laughs) somebody that you know my kiddo is friends with wasn't allowed to go see a movie because it was kind of about LGBT plus community. And I really, really struggled with that. And do you say something or do you have a conversation with this parent or, you know, Mm. what do you actually do in that situation? Because I think a lot of us feel like it's not a problem anymore, but it's still very much out there. And so, um, I could see where a lot of kids today still question, well, does God think we're bad if we like people of the same sex or if we don't identify with our own gender. And it's like, no, uh, what you said, 110%, Shanna, God doesn't have gender. Angels don't have mm-hmm. gender, truly. And our souls or, don't. Yeah, angels or aliens. Yeah. <laughs> <Shanna>. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? What do you think about this new Pope who actually has been more open to that? Ooh, I am not a fan of the Pope. When did he come in? Oh gosh, maybe like in the last five years, I think, or maybe yeah. five years ago or so. I think it was before COVID when he was newer to the scene. Yes. Yeah. Um, a journalist asked him, are you going to bring women in now to be priests? And he said, absolutely not. And I was like, okay, well, then we're, still, we're still down the wrong track, dude. Um, right. Like, <laughs> this is so wrong because what the angels talk about, and it's a lot of the seraphim and seraphina, is that this is the time of the priestess. And kind of going back to something that you said, Shanna, a lot of us, if you look at male energy within the world today, there's a ton of men who are men and identify as men in this lifetime, but they hold a lot of divine female energy, mm-hmm. divine feminine. And mm-hmm. it's on purpose. That has to rise. It has to balance out. I don't believe that divine feminine has to be, you know, more or greater than divine masculine, but it is coming into a balance. And that's not going to happen overnight, but it's also happening with the rise of the priestess religion in general, the attendance at all sorts of religious churches and and institutions is declining and it has been declining. Mm -hmm. And the prediction is that it's going to continue declining. Mm -hmm. Um, And you have so many people, like I teach the angel Reiki school, how to bridge all of your spiritual gifts, come together as a healer, use all of those gifts to help serve humanity. And spirit says, that's what the priestess is, that you and I and all of us listening have to own our power of what all of our spiritual gifts are, fuse them all together and start serving humanity with these Mm. gifts. 
And so I think that we have to step into a lot of my students don't want to put that title on themselves, like consider themselves a priestess. But I think that there's so much more wisdom and energy that you can activate and step into when you really say, no, this is why I'm here and I'm going to own this and I'm going to do everything that I can to serve as many people as possible. I love that. I've been struggling with that for many, many years from like my last near-death experience and getting mediumship. Like I don't really own it. I remember when I used to post very raw stories about my life and the feedback was unbelievable. It was back when I was more wording it with like quotes from the Bible and and Jesus, but that's evolved. It's shifted. So my story shifted. And so then it feels untrue to me. Like, am I, did I lie before? No, I've evolved. So Mm -hmm. The language has changed. Like you said, it's interesting because now when I post, I don't use those words anymore and I have less people that like what I say. Yeah. And I think that everybody's struggling with this right now. And this is how I define it as a intuitive healer myself. Take all humans, 7.5 billion of us and line us up in a straight line. Mental health wise, not everybody is on the same track right? Some people are really neurotypical. Awesome. A lot of people are dealing with a lot of mental health struggles all across the board. And COVID really exasperated that, right? I think that what spirit is calling on us, uh, universe source is calling on us to do is phrase things in ways that resonate with us the most that keep us the most in alignment, but that also is protective of where all people are at mental health wise. And Shanna, I totally hear what you were saying, like your struggle between like our angels, aliens. And if you really look at how much crazy information came out during COVID. And a lot of that is within the spiritual community and talking about these lizard people. It has been destructive to many families and has actually killed children. So if you look at the People Magazine article of the man in California who took that information literally and believed his children and his wife were all lizard people, he went and he murdered them. Oh my God, Um, I followed that story. I followed it. He didn't end up murdering his wife. He stopped before that, but he murdered his two beautiful Mm, little mm. babies. And this is what I'm talking about. There are so many people, probably more than half of the population, who are neurotypical, who can handle that information, who can work with it okay. But there is a very, very, very large segment of the world's population that cannot. And so what are we doing as a spiritual community? And this has to be looked at from the entertainment industry and also the book industry. This is one of the reasons that I self-published my first book and it did fabulously. And I've talked to so many people who are are with book publishers and they're starting to self-publish their own books because book publishers want you to be different. They want you to come out and say things that are going to go like, <gasps> to to most population and really drive book sales, right? Yeah. 
But right. what if that doesn't align with the message of what spirit is bringing through? Mm. And what if that crazy little anecdote that we're adding in to sell more books is really going to tip the scales and take people to a really bad mental health space? That's not good for anybody. <laughs> I feel like that's what conspiracy theories do. Yes. Exactly what you're saying. And I think that's also why we've had these secret society groups. Yeah. Because, you know, at first I was like, well, why, what are they hiding? Why are they hiding all this stuff? Why, what, why don't they want everyone to know? But then when I really dived into it, I'm like, holy shit, because you know what? This is not for everybody to know. Because if they did know this, they might, you know, like you just said, kill their family or become Hitler or Putin's. Or be like me. Like I got into this uncomfortable space where I feel like I couldn't relate to earth anymore or to even my own family. Yeah. So like, where's that balance? Like, how do you handle it? I've died a couple of times. So it's like, not only do I believe it, but it's part of like my soul and it's really fucking uncomfortable sometimes. Like, I just want it to go away so that I can just be here present with my husband and my children. And you sound like your husband's very open, but like, I get like, you're fucking crazy. That's the weirdest shit I've ever heard. What are you talking about? Why are you bringing these people into our home and reading their cards and sitting down with them spiritually? And so then what I do is I try to push it away. So how do you find that balance? A couple of the laws of the universe that I believe that the angels want us to work with and God's energy wants us to work with right now is only bringing through loving, positive messages. So when Absolutely. I teach my students and when I teach on my podcast, it's only loving, positive messages. Because the other thing that you'll be seeing out there is people will say, well, this came in from spirit and then they go do harmful things to themselves or other people. No, that's not from spirit. Spirit is not going to tell you to do that. Spirit's not going to tell you to hurt yourself or anybody else. Loving, positive messages only. So if you can frame that like within that aspect, that's how I think spirit wants us to work with messages right now. The other thing is karma. When we judge other people or we make decisions for other people, even as a collective, we're taking on the karmic debt of others. And I don't think a lot of people understand what that means. When you go through your karmic life review on the other side, you don't just watch it like um, you're in a movie theater watching it on a big screen. You physically step into the bodies of the people that you hurt, the minds of the people that you hurt. And what Spirit says is that when we go home to heaven, the other side, what happens is we have to clear that negative energy of the egoic mind before we can step over into that place. And that clearing process is the karmic life review. So as mm -hmm. we go through and we take back the hurt and the pain that we caused others, even if it's just advocating for others' rights to be taken away, that's contributing to the collective of not allowing other people their free will. God Universe Source says that that's one of the, the truest laws of us being here is that we have free will and yet we're not allowing others to have that free will too. We're taking it away from others mm. and that's not part of what we're here to do. Wow. 
Yeah, I totally agree as well. And you know what? It's interesting because we're all on our own journey. There's no way that we all, I mean, we're so unique as humans and that our souls are just far more even unique, but yet there is like this amazing thing that also is a law that energy attracting energy. And I don't know about for you with your podcast and connecting with us, it's kind of like, you know, we bring in what we need to hear. Yeah. You, do you experience that as well? I know that we've had similar guests on, we've had the same guest on. Don't you feel like the universe kind of almost conspires? Like, Oh my God, around, absolutely. You know, whether it's the people that come into your life, you know, the events that end up happening that teach you things, listeners that are listening to you mm-hmm. even right now are all listening to us for a reason. There's like a whole kind of purpose behind all of it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Everything in life can be your teacher. Every person can teach you, can take you in a different direction, can help evolve you. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And the thing is, is what I do, what I've learned to do is I just keep leaning into that and that's what guides me. So there's no like thought process. Should I be here or there or do this or that? I just kind of let it flow. Yeah. Well, and I think that um, we have to go back to like what aligns with us because I've listened Mm -hmm. to people and been like, okay, I learned from this that this is not the way that I want to go in my career. And and really with discernment, right? I think discernment is so huge within spirituality. But yeah, I mean, I look at my life and one of the things that spirit has really done for me is when I became a spiritual healer, they said, everything that's happened to you in the past is so that you could learn how to heal your way forward through it. And once you know how to heal your way forward through something, you can reach back to another soul and help Mm. them transition and evolve through that same growth process. And so, yeah, 100%. There's so much of that that we should be doing for other people. I think Mm. there's always going to be people in front of you that you look up to that I know I look up to and want to aspire to be like. And there's always Mm. people and souls behind me that I want to help move forward and evolve forward as well. So let me ask you, I'm very raw. Like there's no filter. Oh, me either. <laughs> your, your husband, you come to your husband and you're like, I'm owning my truth. I also like women. Like my husband would be like, fuck yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like how did he handle that? And how, how do you integrate that into your life? Right. So that was one of the reasons that I didn't want to talk to anybody about it because I felt that so much when we were, I don't know when you guys grew up, but when I was growing up in the 90s, there was so much of guys wanting to see girl on girl action. And yes. I was like, this it was is almost not trendy. For you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That I was like, this is not for you. Like, this is just me. Like, back off. And so when I went to my husband and talked to him about it, it was more so phrasing it in a way where I was like, listen, I never want to bring another person into our marriage ever. I'm not saying that that's bad or wrong. It's just not who I am in Mm -hmm. my authenticity. I'm not saying that whatsoever. Like when I was talking to him, I was like, I don't want to bring anybody else in. I just need you to know that this is who I am. And I think it really helped him grow as well and evolve as well to understand Mm -hmm. what it is like. And he was totally respectful. And, you know, we had some conversations about it and 
it doesn't really have to be a big deal. I, I've looked at movies mm. where they kind of flip it around the other way and they have straight people coming out to their parents and they're like, mom, dad, I have something big to tell you. I'm straight. And, and I'm like, gosh, that's so true. Like, that's how it should be. It doesn't have to be this huge thing. It's just like, this is who I am. Kind of in the same way as like, I've ha I have hazel eyes. You know, it, it shouldn't matter. It's kind of an indifference feeling. Right. Yeah. Right. I just absolutely love that you were able to go to him and communicate that and like talk about it. Oh, I had so many nerves, though. It did not happen, like, easily, Mandy. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then the fact that he didn't, like, take advantage of that situation or manipulate it. Yeah. Oh, he's the most, like, loving person in the entire world. Actually, how I came into doing this work, it was a fascinating story. Um, my dad, I had caught him cheating on my mom a lot when I was younger. And there was a distance between my dad and I just because mm. every time, even in my 20s, when we would try and reconnect, it would be like, here's my girlfriend so-and-so that we're going with to dinner tonight. And then on the phone later, I'm like, oh, tell Shannon I say hi. And he's like, shut up because he's talking to another woman oh, on the phone. It was just so gross. But my husband had it the flip where his mother was that way. And so when we got together, I felt like he had been made for me because he had so many issues trusting women and I had so many issues trusting men. And he's just the most kind, loving person in the entire world because he had been hurt so much, his life, like within his life. And uh, actually it was my dad crossing over to the other side that brought me into this work. So he crossed over in August of 2015 and uh, nobody called to let us know from his family beginning of August since he was on his third wife at the time and I was from his first. And every single time I would brush my daughter's hair that month, I would hear within my own mental dialogue, she needs a hairbrush like I used. She needs a hairbrush like I used. When you go through an awakening or enlightenment, your consciousness splits and you start to realize that you're not your monkey mind. You're not that egoic mind, those rampant thoughts all day. You're really the soft, intuitive thoughts. You can be the observer of your thoughts. And immediately when I found out a month later that he had passed, I saw a vision of him combing my hair as a little girl inside the bathroom, you know, before I would get ready for school. And I had not thought about his hairbrush in decades. It looked so different from the paddle brush I had used the rest of my life, but he had this wooden handlebar with these boars like bristles brush. And uh, when he was saying over and over in my own internal dialogue, she needs a hairbrush like I use, she needs a hairbrush like I used, not only was he connecting, but he was so right. My kiddo has his hair and she wow. needed a hairbrush like he used. But it was so special for him to come through in that way with such powerful validation that I started studying with different spiritual teachers across the US and learned how to develop my own spiritual gifts. So, oh gosh, probably three months ago, I had this message from 
someone who comes to me all the time, my first mediumship, um, his name is John Woodruff senior. He saved me in 1994 from an asthma attack. And then his son saved me in 2013, John Woodruff jr. So I had told him a couple of months ago that his dad came to me and said, don't throw away my brush. (gasps) Look what he just sent me. He said, I found it. Get out of here. It looks the exact same. It's like the same exact brush. He just sent that to me and his message was, I found it. I didn't throw it away. Tell him I didn't throw it away. (gasps) That is incredible. I mean, look at this. They look like exact same. Yes. Oh my God. That is crazy. That's spirit. Yes. Oh my God. God, look at it. That is so amazing. I mean, validation. That's it right there. Right. Who the hell tells someone some weird ass message that your dad says you have his brush don't throw it away hey listeners have you checked out intentionwave.com where you can transform the sound of your voice into a meaningful jewelry piece when you visit their online store you can record a voice directly on their website and transform it into a unique sound wave frequency pattern and engrave it on the jewelry piece of your choice. You will also receive a unique QR code that you can scan whenever you want to listen to your special recorded sound message. This is a perfect gift for Christmas for your loved one. So get online right now and order your special piece. Go to intentionwave.com. That's I-N-T-E-N-T-I-O-N-W-A-V-E.com to order your special and unique gift that will last forever. Right. But this is how spirits messages work and everybody is intuitive. Right. So very early on when I started doing this work, maybe about six months in, my daughter wanted to start collecting American Girl doll stuff. Well, that stuff is so expensive and it's almost as if she just wants to collect a set of toys until she has everything and then she's done with it. She's on. Yes. So I'm like, I'm not spending all of this money on a legit American Girl doll stuff. I'm going to go on Facebook Marketplace or I don't know, Craigslist and see what I can find. So I go on there and um, do we need to wait for Mandy? No, it's okay. Okay. I'll let her back in. Perfect. What happened was um, this one woman said she had all of this stuff. Okay. So I'm going to go over this morning to go get it from her. And before I leave, Spirit says, take more money because she has more stuff upstairs that she didn't post yet that she's going to want to sell and also take two gift cards one's for her one's for her friend so i drive 30 minutes over to this woman's house and um, i leave the money and the gift cards in the car because i live in a really religious area in the midwest and some days you just don't feel like being shamed like that look that you get sometimes when you're like uh yeah here's what i do for a living um so i leave it in the car but sure enough spirit's right she comes down from upstairs with all of this extra stuff and so i'm like all right well i'll take that too i'll go out to the car and get extra cash go out to the car and i hear spirit in my head like just take the gift cards just take the gift cards so i take it i walk up to her door and i go here's the extra cash for the stuff and also by the way 
I'm the angel medium. I bring through angels and loved ones, only positive, loving messages from the other side. Spirit said to bring two gift cards, one for you and one for your friend. And she goes, you're not Julie from Wheaton, are you? And I go, yeah. And she says, um, we called you. My friend called you last week and left a message to book an appointment. You're not going to believe this, but my friend is in the basement right now. And that was one of the biggest validators that I had gotten right at the beginning. But spirit always does that huge validation. Take two gift cards, one's for you or what's for her friend. Right. And her friend's in the basement. Oh at my the God. Time, that's so like on nuts. a Monday morning. You know, it's crazy. So I, I've realized as like a person that gets mediumship that you really, really, it was so hard for me. Yeah. was to have self-trust because mm -hmm. my relationships and even my husband taught me the opposite. It was gaslighting. It yeah. was narcissistic, putting me down. Yeah. So did you ever experience that? And then how do you get to that place of self-trust where you know those gift cards were for them and that this was spirit and that you're trusting it 100%? I think there's two different parts to that answer because your trust with yourself is different than your trust in a relationship. And so when it comes to the relationship, we worked with an amazing male counselor who did not have trouble telling my husband where he was right and where he was wrong. And I love my female counselors and I work with so many of them with the podcast and, and just in my profession, but there's nothing like a man telling another man that they are wrong and that they need to get in line or they're going to lose their relationship. Men change so quickly when a man mm -hmm. says that to another man that really helped also learning myself how to hold a very strong boundaries in relationships mm -hmm. and not accept that type of behavior and yeah. really truly being willing to be without a relationship rather than deal with any negative behavior also helped a lot. But then That's trusting myself was different. It was more so like with more validators from spirit, whether it be in sessions or different stories like the one that I just told, when you have hundreds of those stories, and I have hundreds of those stories, you get to a point where you're like, okay, God, I'm good. You could send me no more validation. I want the validation. Don't get me wrong. Send me all the validation you can. But if you never sent me another piece of validation, I know what this voice is within me now. And I am always going to listen mm -hmm. to it first and foremost, because I know that that's me following God universe mm -hmm. source. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's that's so Shanna. Yeah, <laughs> Shanna. I, say, I mean, the vibration, though, to me, it's all about what frequency and vibration you're in. And the times that I'm not in that vibration, I'm not getting as many of those synchronicities, those validations. And that always, you know, usually if I'm sick, right, yeah. it'll happen. There's like this quiet time. And I've noticed lately that, you know, sometimes it's so much, you know, that now it's, it's not even worth talking about, right? So mm -hmm. it's like, kind of like, I don't need it, but it's pretty amazing. But if it went away, that would kind of flip me out. <laughs> it really would. Because I'd be like, wait a minute. 
Where are, Where you? are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, so, totally. Uh, so it's, it's just, I think that you're kind of like, if you're like this fish and you're just swimming and you're aligned with it, you're going with the, you know, with the flow and the current and, and you're just, it's not, there's no resistance, you know, yeah. there's just this nice flow and everything around you is supporting it, you know? And so yeah. like, just like with the brush just now, validation and the support and everything's aligning and everything just feels right. It's kind of like the whole system is built around just this one moment just for us, right? Oh, it is. Oh, 100%. I freaking love that. I love the way you said that, yeah. built around this whole moment. Yeah. So Julie, you're the founder of Angel Reiki. Reiki is such a great foundation for anybody to understand the energetic body and learn how to connect. And it's very healing for yourself. You know, you're in the energy all the time. So yeah. you're definitely connecting like 90% or even higher. I'm connecting with angels and guides. Mm-hmm. Whether it's my own or theirs, or there's always some somebody there with us, right? There's a team of helpers that went to help us. And so my Reiki evolved, right? Mm-hmm. It was a natural thing that happened. I, and I always encourage my students to make it their own and do that. So it's really hard for me to stay on the path of just teaching Reiki because then I felt I'm putting myself right back in a box, yeah. right? Because... Mm-hmm everything I'm teaching, this isn't in a workbook. Yeah. A hundred percent. The very first thing that happened to me when I was working on a volunteer in my own energy healing certification course was their loved ones and their angels were right there. So I did an in-person, I forget if it was six months or longer course. And we're, we're all there. I've got my volunteer right in front of me. I know the hand placements. I've practiced them before. I'm going to go walk through them. And as soon as I'm laying hands, right? Like if I'm looking at you, the client around the back of your head from one shoulder behind your head to the other shoulder. So kind of like in a rainbow or horseshoe shape are your angels, guides, and loved ones. And they will step forward when they have things to say, and then they'll step back into the rainbow when they're done communicating that message. So I waved my teacher over and I said, I know we're supposed to be silent through this, but you know, these things are coming through and I keep seeing the same vision over and over again. And she said, we'll share it with your client. So I shared it with the volunteer and this grown man just started crying because he had been in a car accident with a friend in high school and the friend didn't make it. And the friend kept coming through saying, I need you to relieve yourself of this guilt. It's impacting you to this day and it's not serving you. You're supposed to be on your path and this is what your path is. And to see these tears and to feel his energy really release that guilt in that moment and come back home to himself and accept that it wasn't his fault was huge. That was in your actual training. All that was happening. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's how it happens every single time is like when I'm connecting your angels, guides, and loved ones are just like right there. So for me, what happened to me that evolved was that I always felt like I needed to bring them into a space first. Mm -hmm. And so I would just kind of close my eyes and tell them what I saw. 
And so I started to just trust that. And I, so I was just basically doing this meditation that I hadn't planned. Whenever I plan a meditation, it doesn't work out. So I just have to let it flow. But (laughs) always what I noticed after like hundreds of clients over and over the same ones is that I was bringing them all to a unique place that was just theirs. Mm-hmm. And they knew it too. They became familiar with it. I became familiar with it. So, you know, like Dana would come in and say, bring me back to that tree. I want to talk to my dad again. You know, I mean, and, and it was very specific to each person. And then I was like, God, sometimes people wouldn't be able to visualize what I would see, but yet they'd be able to experience because we all, you know, experience energy differently. So I started to do art to show them what. I was seeing. And then they'd be like, okay, so now they can actually visualize it better. And it just, it's, it's like, it just evolved. Yeah. There's no name of it. There's no, there's no teaching of it. Spirit was teacher. But when I was in my energy healing training, I went through this training for a very long time in person. And on the last day, the teacher came around with certificates. And I remember her holding on to, I think I was the first one that got it, holding on to one side and she's holding on to the other side. And I look up to meet her eyes because I'm like, why isn't she letting go of my certificate? And she says to me, I'm the only one that can teach Reiki in our town. And I want you to agree to this before I give you your certificate. And she made me promise that before she would certify me, which was never in the agreement six, seven months before. That's so insane. No. And that's why the angels channeled angel Reiki through me. Let me ask you, did you have like a moment though? Like you said as a child, This was always something that was coming to you, but was there like a moment? I have had to own that as I evolve, my messages evolve and my audience evolves as well. And that is something that you're a spiritual leader, right? You're a spiritual teacher. And what is it exactly that you're owning? You're, you're owning that you are leading the way for other souls to follow. And a lot of times, I'm just going to use a random example here. So many people, if you read like different business and entrepreneur and finance things are so like Mark Zuckerberg has lost his way. He is so like running this company into the ground. He is not. He knows exactly what's coming. Every single one of us who have kids under the age of 15 years old, all of them have used Roblox and Minecraft. Our generation in the 2000s was the first to Facebook. The next generation was Instagram. He knows that the generation that's up and coming doesn't want either of these things. They want something that's totally their own. And so what is he building? He is building the next thing, the metaverse, which is Roblox and Minecraft, like to the nth degree. And everybody's on his case. Oh, this guy doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. They'd, he's running this. No, he's not. 
not. You look at where Facebook's going to be 10, 15 years from now. And yeah, you know, like it's going to take some time to grow, but he's not making it for us. He's making it for the five to 10 year olds right now. So when those five and 10 year olds are 20 years old, you better watch where Facebook's going to be meta. It's going to be off the chart. It reminds me of like, you know how your grandma's like this freaking technology is out of control like these older people can't like connect with it at all so yeah that's like i've never thought of it from a positive perspective like you just did i was yes. like it's horrible it's another way for them to disconnect and just numb themselves out but like what you just said makes sense i've never heard anyone say it like that okay so mandy take this and apply it to you as being a leader you are Mark Zuckerberg for your own segment of the world, right? The people who are following you. And what I do with my clients and with my community is I have sat with spirit in meditation for hours and days and weeks and said, where are we going to be as a collective 15 years from now? Where are we going to be as a collective 20 years from now? And when stuff gets hard or people are challenging me, I go directly to God universe source and say, tell me exactly what you want to do and I'm going to go do it. And so when you start leading the way, are people going to question you 110% because they don't have the vision vision of what you see is coming down the pike. And there is a ton coming down where we are going to be by 2030, by 2050, by 2070. We're headed to some very big things. And what that takes is us stepping into our power as spiritual leaders mm -hmm. and saying, you know what, just because this person says this on Facebook or Instagram post or TikTok post, mm -hmm is not gonna hurt me and is not going to get me down because I'm not leading one person. I am leading the 65,000 people a week who are downloading episodes of the Angels and Awakening podcast. And so that, it, it hurts, it hurts sometimes, you know, as a human mm. being, but as a leader, I don't let it stop me and I don't let it get me down because I'm not here for one person. I'm here for the collective. That's beautiful. I totally agree. And I feel like when you are just leaning into where you're led, you're going to be led like into meta universe. If that's where, you know, how they always say God will meet you where you're at. God's going to oh, meet yeah. the collective as well. We're ready. I do. I mean, if we're ready, I mean, we're a generation X. You know, right now I have three teens that are coming to my house this week that are all suicidal and it's mm -hmm. fucking breaking my heart. Yeah. And the reality of it is, is all three of them are extremely gifted, but they've been told that these gifts that they hold or abilities that they hold are weird, Yeah, you know? So, and they all see therapists. What's interesting is they, their moms are telling me they're more open to come sit with me and do tarot cards and to talk about like their energy than they are to go see a therapist. Because when you mention that word, they think something's wrong with them. When they think about coming to my home, it feels safe. It feels mm -hmm. fun. And there's different types of counselors out there, right? Like we went to one counselor before we found this great guy and this woman that we went to see before him would say, 
say, Julie, this is all your fault. This is because of your ADHD. If you weren't ADHD, then you wouldn't have any troubles within your marriage. And she was so wrong. So a counselor can make things a hundred times worse. The other thing is I read an article the other day. It said, well, more teens are taking their own life than are killed by other people when you look at the statistics within the United States. So we just launched the Intuitive Kids podcast. You can find it on Apple, on Spotify, anywhere that you can find podcasts. It's for kids zero to 18 to help them understand that they're not alone. This is an epidemic. And what this news article said is that these statistics aren't getting better. They're getting worse. And we've got kids as early as six, seven years old in therapy and talk therapy alone. I mean, like they need something else there. And I believe too, that it's about having an earthbound spirit team. So your counselor can be part of it, but then your spiritual healer can be part of it. Uh, And, you know, spiritual team yeah we, we have to be earth angels to one another yeah they mm-hmm. need tools, need tools. Yeah. i mean we didn't have the tools now we have right. them we need to teach them to our kids i keep imagining this world where self-love was something that every single child learned like it's yeah. just like they learned how to freaking go to the bathroom you know yeah. they learned self-love the same god um, don't we wish right yes uh, i mean yeah. be a beautiful world you know, I do want to kind of go back to your modalities and to your mediumship, because I know that you work with Archangel Michael yeah. and I tell you, girl, I, I see a lot of him and he looks like Brad Pitt. He is totally <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and also just to add to that, you also work really close with, was it Gabriel? Uh, Gabrielle. So Gabrielle does not want to be referred to as male or female. Um, oh my God. Do you know I received, that was one of the first things I received. Get out really? of here. No, I talked all up. about so one of my very first meditations, like early on that it was like so impactful that I remember it. He was there and he was like, transsexual he was kind of flaming well and then archangel Raphael looks like a dmx to me right here but oh my god i'm not i'm not so familiar with him but i have always said from the very beginning that he doesn't have a gender he but just isn't it so validating it is well and and what they said too is that like why would we come down to Mary as a female and a male presence and relay to her that she was having a divine birth. It doesn't make any sense. So Gabrielle can present as male or female or neither. It's, um, mm, you're right, a complete transgender and energy. Yeah. But Brad Pitt, I mean, Archangel Michael. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's so great. Our listeners know, cause I always say that. Really you tuned into Archangel Metatron yet? I have. Frentina is all about it. Because his energy is the sexiest energy I have ever felt in my entire life. (laughs) And and he's massive to me. Like his energy is massive. But, you know, (laughs) I have not been, you know, Archangel Michael, like he was such a huge part of my journey. I have like had very, very deep moments with him in meditations. And lately he's stepped back. Yeah. And I have like, it, which is so interesting because definitely have more of a feminine guide right now. 
So this is how the angels work with people. Because if you imagine, I tell this to my angel Reiki school students all the time. And the reason that I say this is because so many people come to me and they'll be like, Julie, you know, I, I think I'm an angel messenger, but I'm really only working with Archangel Michael. Like, does that count? And I'll teach them this because this is how it works. Archangel Michael said, if I was to go to your family's party, right? And let's say that there's 30 people at your family party and I leave after two hours and you quiz me. Okay, Julie, how many names can you remember? How, you know, tell me a few identifying facts about each person. I'm not going to be able to remember much, but if I spent, I'd be screwed. (laughs) Totally. But if I went out to lunch with 30 people over the course of six months or a year, and I spent two, three hours with each one of them, I'd be able to reflect back and tell you more names and details about each person. The angels work in a way where one comes in at a time, like they're spending time with you and you'll see Archangel Michael like show up in almost all of your sessions and you'll work with him very intensely for two, three months, sometimes six months. And then just like you said, the energy will transition and you're like, but wait, where did Michael go? What happens is more so now you know him. You know everything about Michael. You know Mm -hmm. the signs that he's sending you when you're in a session with him. You know exactly how to identify what he needs to work on with a client Mm -hmm. when he's bringing Mm -hmm. something up. Now, because you've done your work with him, you can take a step back on working with Michael and now work with Serafina and Mm. the Seraphim or work with Gabrielle and work with them for two, three, six months, however long Mm. they need. And then you'll see their energy step back and another angelic energy step in. Mm. This happened for like three or four years before I really had a handle on who all the angels are. And that's why I wrote the book, Angels and Awakening. Uh It's almost like an angel dictionary, the last two, thirds of it. The first part is teaching you how to make that connection with your angels, the steps and the process. And then the rest is who are all the angels? You know, what they're saying to tell you, Shanna, is if you were to read what I wrote, you could build upon it, right? Like you could read what I wrote about Gabrielle and then build upon it. And actually, that's what we're supposed to do here with one another Mm. is take the baton and run with it further. One of our listeners were to contact you, explain kind of uh, step-by-step what it would look like. Oh yeah. When I work with a person in a session or I have an angel membership that walks people through an entire year of coming into their own spiritual awakening and spiritual development, there's so many things that people need. Some people might need to really be able to access that oneness because that's the crack in your auric field where spirit can really come in hardcore and bring through that spiritual awakening. Other people have just lost a child or a parent and need messages from the other side. Other people, there's a huge amount of healers awakening to their own gifts right now. And so I have the Angel Reiki School for people who are looking to develop all of their spiritual gifts. We talk about all of the different types so that they don't have to go to 
all these different conferences, they can get it all in one place. And I bring guest faculty into my different programs and it's really fun. So yeah. we break it down and make it easier. Just kind of like meeting people where they're at is what's needed right now. Well, tell us about your book too. Yeah, it's called Angels and Awakening, A Guide to Raise Your Vibration and Hear Your Angels. It's the same title, Angels and Awakening, as the podcast. And it really goes through how to get into connection with the divine because there is that kind of step-by-step -step process. And then also how to know who's working with you. So I'm very ADHD and so many people said, Julie, you know, you could make this a book and a separate workbook. It's long enough. And I said, no, because every single time I've got a workbook too, I never have it when I'm trying to read the book and then I can't find it. So it's a full length book and workbook all together. And it guides you through understanding who all of your angels are, the signs that they're sending you, the loved ones who are on your spirit team, so that by the time that you get to the end of the book, you can hop back into daily life and be like, okay, when I see the two cardinals, I know that it's dad and grandma on the other side, and this is how they want to connect with me. But when I see a wheel within the mind, I know it's Archangel Michael wanting to connect with me and help me work through some thoughts. You need to start imagining something better than the wheel <laughs> <For> <laughs> <Archangel> Michael. <laughs> yes michael so where can our listeners find you can you shout out like your website thank you so much for having mm -hmm. me on the show too this is such a blessing and thank you for all Ugh. the work that you do in this world you two are you amazing too. You too. <laughs> yeah if people want to find me i'm over at theangelmedium.com the book angels and awakening is on amazon or barnesandnoble.com and if you want to follow me over on Instagram, I'm at Angel Podcast. Awesome. And now it's time for Break That Shit Down. So the biggest thing that Gabrielle is bringing through right now, because Gabrielle is working with the Seraphim and Seraphina on the rise of the Divine Feminine, is that your way doesn't have to look like everybody else's way. There are healers in every single line of work here on Earth. And your way of doing things does not have to replicate or look like anybody else's way. You're being called to do things differently in this lifetime, and that is on purpose. So don't try and make yourself into the next Oprah or Beyonce or Jay-Z or anybody else. You walk your own path and you do things exactly as you're called to do them and stay in alignment and you can't go wrong. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on Sense of Soul. Oh, thank you so much for the blessing of, of allowing me to be here and keep up all the amazing work that you're doing. You too. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.